0: like Mike Myers, who has evidence of like blood on him, Ghostface is always clean. That's true. Yeah. You know, so this is something that for me, like logically, I was always like, wait, I don't understand,
1: wait. <laughs> They're like, like, don't ask
2: questions. <laughs> don't ask questions like that. Let's just make this costume. Hello and welcome to the Art of Costume Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass.
1: And I'm a Gale Weathers fanboy, Spencer Williams. What's <laughs> up, Elizabeth?
2: Oh, nothing much. Spencer, you are a Gale Weathers fanboy. <laughs> oh my goodness.
1: <laughs> Happy spooky season officially. This is our first episode where we've recorded and it's actually spooky season. I know. <laughs> it's
2: so exciting. I've I've actually been watching like spooky movies. I'm getting ready to come visit you even though probably when this when this is released, I will have just left California.
1: Oh, yeah. So, huh.
2: I hope we had a good time.
1: Oh, I'm sure we did. Florence uh, killed we, it. <laughs> Florence and Machine killed it. We probably went to the Academy Museum. Brilliant. Saw, like, some Iko Ishioka content. Um, maybe we saw a couple movies. I don't know. We had a good time. We
2: probably did. We probably did. Um,
1: we definitely did not go to Halloween Horror Nights. We were too busy.
2: You know, we've yet to set our itinerary, Spencer. <laughs> Uh, oh but no other than that things are going good how about you
1: good i feel good i feel alive this is our season i'm so glad it's finally fall i mean it's still a little warm out for my taste but i kind of feel like you know, it's getting kind of a little bit darker outside a little bit earlier. So I just, I feel like it's coming. You know?
2: I, I put the heat on today, so I don't know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> okay, well, that's a bit extreme. I know. Um, and <laughs> I'm, I'm like
2: the, probably the only person on the East Coast who put their heat on today. But I was like, 60 <laughs> yeah. degrees is too cold. <laughs> like, that sounds like an Elizabeth thing, yeah. not a world thing. <laughs> Well, it was like 60-something inside, and then it was like 50 degrees outside. And I was like, no.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, no. I have every fan on still... Um but I haven't turned the AC off at night though so that's a sign. Oh, nice. It's like groundhog day, you yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> when I... the AC starts to go off less and less you're like all right, yeah. it's coming.
2: My cat's cuddling with me way more. She's like, "Hey, this is <laughs> this is ridiculous." <laughs>
1: <laughs> um but we also Elizabeth, mm-hmm. I am so excited. We actually got a little bit of a spooky surprise to to season.
2: Uh, Spencer, I cannot tell you how excited I was when our, the very first person to use our voicemail box, everybody, our voicemail box is lit. You want to know how I know it's lit? Aggie Gerard Rogers, the costume designer of Beetlejuice, was our very first call-in to the mailbox
1: (laughs) (laughs) like we're getting to a point where we're like okay maybe people don't want to leave us voicemails we haven't you know it's kind of like a dusty cobwebby voicemail box and then suddenly i'm just out and about and i get this notification it's like aggie rogers has left you a voicemail i was like what (laughs) elizabeth (laughs) would you like to hear it
2: I would love to hear it. You've been withholding
3: this from me.
1: (laughs) I've been sharing it for this very moment. Let me play it.
3: I just wanted to tell you guys that... Anyway, this is Aggie. Your podcast is pretty cute. Thank you. The orange outfit that Catherine wears in the kitchen is actually the father's sweater worn upside down. So she steps into the arms and then pulls it up like a skirt. And then we put a belt on. And we figured that out in the store in LA early on. So that was definitely a look I wanted to use. It was so funny. So that that's something that you can have.
2: Oh my gosh, that was a sweater. (laughs) That's incredible.
3: I'm trying to remember
1: back and that never dawned to me. And I even got another like text message where Aggie was like, I can't believe no one's noticed the sweater. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't know how. I've seen Beetlejuice two million times. Yeah. And I've just it's never
2: I feel the need. We need to put, like, a PSA out on, like, the TikTok, on our Instagram. We need to be like, everybody, we missed this for, like, 30 years.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) But wait, there's more.
3: I enjoyed your little podcast today about Beetlejuice. I did leave you a little voice message on the website because it kind of led me to that. And then I listened to the very end of the blog and found this number. So I'm glad you didn't answer. Thank you. And please don't call me back. But anyway, (laughs) it's fun. All the stuff that you guys like so much. One thing you might really like is the black and white stripe fabric. We could not find a stripe like that out there in the manufacturer land. So costume shop made its own black and white stripe so they sewed white fabric on the black fabric on the white fabric on the black fabric and we had a great costume shop and uh, I had a short deal on that movie and so I didn't stay through the end so the costume shop and the supervisors had to get going on a lot of stuff on their own and they were very talented and they did a good job I'm so lucky that you guys love it so much. I did run into Tim uh, like three, four years ago in London, and that was thrilling for me. I hadn't seen him in years, and he came around the corner at some fancy thing, and he knew right who I was. So sometimes people forget. So anyway, I loved your comments, too, about it couldn't have been a Colleen Atwood movie. Yeah, we're just very different. Anyway, I'm... Grateful that I had the first two. They were the most fun, I think. Okay, take care. Keep going. <laughs> you guys sound like you have a good time. Okay, carry on. Bye bye.
2: <laughs> I love her. <laughs> so sweet.
1: Oh my gosh. I yeah, I don't know.
2: That's amazing.
1: That's just very emotional to yeah, I don't know. I just I grew up watching Beetlejuice, and you and I love this podcast so much. So mm-hmm. having Aggie call in. that was, that was amazing. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, getting emotional, but um,
2: yeah, cool. I like never like we make these, and unless we're having an interview, we don't. At least I don't really expect the costume designers to necessarily like see that we're putting out this episode about it their yeah. work so to know you know however she came across it and that she appreciated it i love that
1: <laughs> yes yeah, she follows us on instagram i didn't oh. know because her instagram username is not her name and nowhere on her instagram does it say aggie rogers <laughs> and this account has been following us and liking our stuff forever yeah and <laughs> so when she messaged me i was like aggie is that you (laughs) (laughs) like it was the funniest thing
2: oh that was so sweet i love the tidbits that she gave us the behind the wardrobe facts oh my gosh i never (laughs) would have guessed any of them like that that's incredible
1: i can't believe it was hard to find like black and white fabric like that stripes you would think that'd be something that's like every joanne's fabric but she put black and white on the mat
2: she did she did (laughs) <laughs> oh, Aggie, thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thank you. That it really means the world to us. That's so cool. Um, and don't worry, next year we'll be doing Pee-wee's big adventure. So stay tuned.
2: Yeah. Spencer <laughs> is insistent. So we will definitely be doing that.
1: <laughs> when she said the first two like Tim Burton films, I'm thinking she's talking about Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I think that's the other one.
2: I think so too. I think so too.
1: With that, Elizabeth, we have an amazing episode. What did we watch this week?
2: We watched Scream 2022,
1: Spencer. Oh, so excited. This is like one of the spookiest movies ever, the Scream franchise. It's one of my absolute favorites. I watch Scream year-round, so I don't need a holiday to watch it. But in terms of the podcast, now is the time. But this time... We're not going quite yet to the 90s. Maybe next year. We'll get there eventually. But we're starting with the 2022 version.
2: We are. So, Spencer, why don't you give us a little uh, summary for this legacy film?
1: we Will do. 25 years after a streak of brutal murders shocked the quiet town of Woodsboro, California, a new killer dons the ghost face mask and begins targeting a group of teenagers to resurrect secrets from the town's deadly past. And that is the 2022 film scream.
2: That's so exciting. I, I'm not the biggest fan of horror. You really got me into horror. You were like oh. the first. I you probably don't know that. Cause I like really did not watch horror films till till I didn't college. Know that.
1: that that's a proud achievement.
2: Yeah. And <laughs> I didn't watch the first scream till last year when I was doing the designing horror series. So I well, I've seen like clips from like some of the other movies. Right. I've never watched all of them through. So it was for me, it's really like scream and now the new one so it was it was a very direct correlation for me and i was like oh my gosh like it was so fun
1: right yeah screams two three and four are good i love those movies but for someone who's never seen them it totally makes sense for you to go from the first scream to the last scream because Mm -hmm. everything in between is just the huge, just lots of killing. Um, yeah, you know, poor Nev Campbell, uh, Sydney Prescott. She just goes through the same shit, different years. She goes through um, like Courtney it. Courtney Cox has an interesting haircut in one of them, so she also has her own fair share of yeah. troubles.
2: <laughs> and what what I love about this new one is you don't really have to watch the ones in between because the way they disc- they t- directly talk about it in the film with these. "Quote unquote stab movies." They're like, "Oh yeah, like people love this so much that they just say it bluntly." Like every couple years in in Woodboro, like (laughs) there's a spree of murders, and then it gets made into a movie. (laughs) Right?
1: How do you live in this town at this point? Same with like Haddonfield. Also, like Um,
2: people, yeah.
1: There's other towns to live in.
2: But uh, anyway, so exciting. Let's go behind the wardrobe so we can talk about this. We have directors Matt Bettinelli Oplin and Tyler Gillett. And we have costume designer Emily Gunshore. <laughs> Her notable work is Benders, The Last OG, Halloween, Stargirl, and Halloween Kills. Her current work is 13, The Musical. And Halloween ends. Spencer, I think you have a surprise for
1: us. (laughs) I do. Um, Emily Gunshore has been following us for a little while. Vice versa. I am a huge fan. And, you know, we just figured it's the Tista season. Spooky season. Who better to go to than the horror queen herself, Emily Gunshore is here in the studio with us today. Yes! Welcome to the podcast, Emily.
0: Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me.
1: We're so excited to meet you. I've I feel like I've been stalking your work for a couple of years now and it's just it's about time and it's perfect timing our Halloween episodes, so we're so happy to have you.
0: Thanks. Yeah, I'm excited to talk all things Halloween with
1: you. <laughs> right, uh, but before we get into the spookiness of it all, because I will admit we just you know binge scream and Halloween, so it's been a creepy couple of days over here. So I want to start with something a little bit more joyous. <laughs> On Netflix currently, you have a new film, A uh, Thirteen, a musical. It's so fun. Um, it's about a boy who transitions from New York City to Indiana and really wants to celebrate his bar mitzvah. It was so fun. It was so joyous. The songs are stuck in my head. How did this come about?
0: Yeah, so I worked with Tamara Davis, the director um, of 13 on Stargirl uh, in 2019, which is a show for DC and... um we a good one. Really, yeah. We just totally hit it off, and she told me about this project. Um, I grew up as a ballerina and a dancer in my early life. My first career <laughs> was um, as a ballerina, so I've always had an infinity for musicals and theater and dance. And she told me she was going to be doing this movie, and I was just like. I have to be a part of this. This is so cool. <laughs> I also happen to be Jew-ish and um, I had a bat mitzvah. So I was really just excited. You know, horror has kind of been something that I've been doing for the past couple of years, but I have two children and being involved in a musical dance teenage project was just uh, really exciting for me. So That's how it happened. And it was total opposite. I mean, not always opposite. Making, you know, still creating kids' clothing and character development and all of that. But different color palette, not so many multiples for blood and only multiples for kids (laughs) growing.
1: I was thinking about that as I was watching it. I was like, this is so different. But I'm like, but is it though? I mean, it's still a lot of the same processes, maybe just without um, all the multiple buckets of blood. It's still... A dance, (laughs) you know, so much fun. So many, so colorful.
0: Yeah. So many times, like in making this and like creating friend groups and the stereotypical, like, types of kids within a dynamic of a school or a group of friends, even, you know, I thought back to like Scream or even Halloween when, you know, there are these groups of kids and it's very, Life life repeats itself in a circular way. So, you know, these <laughs> kids were middle schoolers, but they're all, you know, they need to be friends and have clothing and details of their um, interests that tie them together. But they also need to be like individuals. So that's the fun part of costuming them all for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so much fun. Everyone who's listening, you have to go to Netflix and watch 13 Musical. It's on right now. I watched it last night and I had... So much fun. Put me in such a good mood before we went back to watching Scream and Halloween. Yeah,
0: it's it's definitely (laughs) white-hearted.
1: So now let's talk about Scream. Emily, I am so excited. Uh, First, I have to ask, you know, in Scream fashion, are you a horror fan? And what is your favorite scary movie?
0: So... Funnily enough, before I met David Gordon Green to do Halloween, um, I was not a horror fan at all. Like, don't be scared. Don't like scary movies. And, you know, obviously love David Gordon Green and all of his work and was like, he's iconic. I want to do this. Um, Love the idea of rebooting a franchise and getting really into the uh, research of the history of these characters over years. And David said to me, wait, you don't like horror movies? I was like, no, not at all. He (laughs) laughed and said, this is going to be really fun. (laughs) Um, And then he proceeded to give me lists and lists of his favorite horror movies and now I love horror movies. I love them all. Like I listen to horror podcasts. I listen to like all the scary things. So I don't necessarily have a favorite horror movie because I there you know I like I tend to like old old horror movies. Right. <laughs> but I get scared really easily.
1: <laughs> no, I feel that I I was in your shoes probably up until college. That's when Things started getting dark over here.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I like to watch horror films in the morning, like six in the morning. <laughs> I don't have
2: to go to sleep afterwards. Yeah, that that that's me. That's definitely me. Yeah, that sounds like Elizabeth. <laughs>
1: I was texting Elizabeth like late at last night. I was like, "Are you watching Scream right now?" She's like, "No, it's late." I'm like what?
0: But the fun part about Scream is is that like Scream is scary, but it's not like as scary and gory because you can still pull your like there's a level of camp to it yeah that right. you're like shaking and sweating but you're also like kind of laughing like obviously don't answer the phone right now Oh
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, scream definitely has a it's a huge franchise and you're now part of this like really long legacy How did you feel when you first found out you got this project, especially not starting out as a fan of horror?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I was like super excited to work with the Radio Silence guys because they had done the movie Ready or Not. And um, I just, I loved that movie and the like the gore that went through it and their camera angles were super artistic. So I was really excited to get into Scream with them. I also like, Part of rebooting a franchise that's so exciting is that you get to like go back and watch the other ones and then pick things that you want to carry on or you don't want to carry on. So that part was really fascinating for me. And then also considering like Nev's character, like it's been however many years since we saw her last, and trying to figure out like what makes her tick now and where she is and how the psychology of all the Chaos that she's been through has made her the person she is now, and how we show that through clothing.
1: Yes. Oh my Uh, gosh. I'm so excited. Yeah. (laughs) Scream fans over here.
0: And same with Courtney. I mean, we basically went through for each of like the iconic characters, and you know, you start with the research. It's the same on any project, whether it's period or modern, when you're doing like these legacy things, you got to watch all the other ones and then. Consider the choices that were made there. So it's almost like you have this connection to the designers that came before you, you know, because you need to like channel their energy and their creativity and then change it and make it your own.
1: Right. Exactly. You're like looking to the past, uh, paying tribute to what's come before, but then also revitalizing it to make it your own and leave your own mark on the legacy, which I think. You did such an amazing job and you really see it in some of the different characters, which we'll get into.
0: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was it was really fun.
1: In true scream fashion, the film opens with a pretty gruesome phone call scene. Um it, I definitely saw what you're doing with the costume. Tara played by Jenna Ortega. Um, I particularly love this first look because it has that cozy sweater feel that we remember on Drew Barrymore yep. but feels more modern and contemporary. She's a 2022 girl who's probably on TikTok and texting and so like I totally saw the transition here. How was there a process behind this particular look?
0: Yeah, I mean you nailed it 100% was it was Drew Barrymore in the sweater with the phone and it was the sweet moment and you want the audience to feel like she She's just this sweet, naive young girl who's up to no good. And there she is. You want to be able to see the blood as it comes on. So you want a color that is light enough to reflect <laughs> that, but then also dark enough to hide the packs, which, you know, there were some moments in this where we saw shadowing of my packs. I saw it myself. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but yeah, you, you know, you really embrace the feeling of who this girl is. She's a modern 2020 one 2020 whatever yeah, you around
1: watched.
0: there <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of kind of high schooler yeah you did it soft and ugly but also still flattering and girly but not too girly you know all, all the all the things
1: uh it was so fun it's always one of my favorite scenes just the first 10 minutes um and i left the pink on her too because it just feels that feels very jenna ortega to me the soft pink
0: totally Totally, it feels like so sweet and natural right.
2: for her. <laughs> oh, <I'm> so sad. <laughs> uh, we also get to meet. This is, I think, this was my favorite part of this movie was meeting all the new Woodsboro teenagers. Obviously, things are grim for them, but they have a pretty modern sense of style. But it also feels like thrifted. How did you decide like the feel and the vibe for each of these characters?
0: Yeah, so each one of them, you know, it's about digging into their backstory a little bit um, and like coming up with what type of kid they are to be collective. And definitely the actors have some, you know, semblance of who that is and who they feel comfortable being. But, you know, for like Wesley, he was, he's more the artsy type. His, you know, his family was connected, you know, his mom's the sheriff. So we wanted to make him like not militaristic because, then it would be opposite. You know, kids are kind of yeah. posing of their mothers. right? <laughs> um, and Amber, you know, I, I kind of wanted to set the tone straight off that Amber was like this tough, chick you know that she's like she's kind of badass they they all together you can see how they would be friends how they would like come together but then they each have their own different personalities um and the the siblings chad you know he's on the football team he's like the jock he's so
4: cool <laughs> so
0: you know trying to find the like one little thing that puts them in the space um, Live actually, I was kind of inspired for her character by one of the kids in Scream. I think it was the second Scream, the girl who dies in the roll gate of, because she also dies at the end. Right. So she was in that little skirt. Um, so I, in one of the other Screams, one of the teens died and got wrapped up in the, the gate of the garage. And yeah. she was kind of that like mean girl vibe with the skirts so I wanted to push her into that character
1: oh that's so cool Yeah, that was uh Rose McGowan I believe exactly
0: it was exactly (laughs) Rose McGowan that's it yeah Uh, just trying to find something about each one of them that kind of gave them their their thing their heartbeat you know
1: right oh so fun and I just love like the nerdy influence on the twins also being oh my gosh, I remembered they were like uh, nieces or nephews of the one character who passed away. So there's like a legacy with each of these characters as well.
0: Exactly. Because their mom, um, what was the name? Their mom was also the sister. Like she was also a legacy character and she comes just for that one moment. And she's kind of also the meekers. She's kind of got like a little bit of dorkiness, like, <laughs> yeah. You what, know, what dorkiness now is in 2021 is, is so different than what it was in the 90s. So it's cool, you know, so it's, it's like giving them each the their character.
1: <laughs> Being nerds is cool now. It totally. Is. We know it.
2: <laughs> uh, one character that is definitely different from the 90s is Dewey. I, and it was so good to see him in this new one. What was your kind of evolution for him?
0: Yeah, so David is amazing, and all we've ever seen Dewey and any screams is in this uniform. We've never seen him in anything else. So That's it true. was like, wow, the world's our oyster. Like, what <laughs> do we do with this man? Oh, yeah, um, where huh. is I never he...
1: noticed that actually, yeah. now that I think
4: of it.
0: <laughs> so, something that was really important to me was that we try to keep his color palette similar to the uniform. I mean, it's more of a khaki than a tan per se, but like, in that realm and then also for him to be like the off-duty like he he's really in a de- depressed disheveled state he's living in that trailer home so just thinking about like this guy he does not care about what he wears he's wearing the same thing every day <laughs> and yeah he's kind of a sad
1: yeah
0: <laughs> <We love Dewey. laughs>
1: oh it makes me so sad uh that that was the (laughs) hardest part of this film actually was seeing like disheveled dewey not watching the teenagers get murdered it was dewey's sad outfits and his sad life
3: (laughs) totally
0: and like the more we distressed him like we kept putting more dirt and sadder and then it was like oh let him get wrinklier let him get wrinklier it's not even reading you know it's like you wanted to feel sad for him and then feel really really sad and mad at the series when he hits his demise because you know somebody had to die but why
2: him right yeah <laughs> well I mean, was, to be fair he would have
1: been my pick too <laughs> but still it that is was very the sad. saddest
2: death for me but it really was I could not
1: give up nev or courtney cox it was just not in question so. i mean it
3: was
0: a sad day <laughs> like the day we shot his death on set people were sad like even just us making the scene it was like it was so emotional i think yeah yeah
1: i can't imagine i would be a mess um
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Oh my so
0: gosh! No, he, yeah, but but David was just like such a—he was so fun and such a team player.
2: <sighs> well, talk about somebody who got an update. Ghostface themselves uh, <laughs> from nineteen ninety six. It just is such an iconic look, but you really managed to update it. How did you? How did you approach that?
0: Yeah. So. We, we, I started with a lot of research again on the original shape and we were, you know, the mask has to be the same. There's no changing the mask. It's like, you know, they, and, and we had a lot of discussions, um, the radio silence directors and I, and the, um, Chad Keith the production designer, just about like what, what was happening with the mask and. No questions. The mask was staying the same. There was no age to it. It wasn't going to get older. You know, this is still supposed to be this costume. That oh, interesting. Many questions in Scream. Like, (laughs) how do these two people, like Jack Quaid, is like six foot three, and (laughs) is like five foot eleven or five foot or five foot four or something, so tiny, but like yet they're in the same close face costume or they're wearing it. Like from a practical sense, it's like. This is movie magic. So <laughs> somehow I
1: still always never know until the very end. Somehow it still always works.
0: <laughs> yeah. And and Ghostface is in all of these fights and does all these killings, but unlike Mike Myers, who has evidence of like blood on him, Ghostface is always clean.
3: That's there's true.
0: no like, there's no like bullet holes or you know. So this is something that for me, like logically, I was always like, wait, I don't understand.
1: <laughs> They're like, like, don't ask
0: questions. <laughs> don't ask questions like that. Like, let's just make this costume. So anyways, we started with the robe and the cape. I had a really clear vision as far as like movement of what I wanted, how I wanted it to move. And um, I did did a couple quick little renderings um, and we wanted to kind of recreate the robe to be the iconic 1996 one, which was the original. Um, And this fabric actually had a lurex sparkle in it. And there's like super fans out there. And somebody sent me a swatch of the original fabric in my (laughs) research. Yeah, which is like there's this super fan. And he has all the information. He has all the answers. Anyway,
3: wow.
0: <laughs> um, watch of the original one where I was able to kind of feel it and see the lyrics. Um, and then we started searching for our fabric and what we were going to make it in. And ultimately decided that the sparkle needs to be there, but not always, and not necessarily as much as the '96 one. So we. Um, I picked a fabric that had a slightly more drape, heavier weight than the 96 fabric, um, had a little bit more bounce to it, a little bit more movement. And then my amazing Adrian Dyer, who has actually been with me for all of the Halloweens, also was with me on this. And she is brilliant, April. Um, Shout out to April. (laughs) Yes, definitely April's genius so we played with actually adding the sparkle on top of the fabric as a spray coat Um, and then we were able to control the amount of sparkle so we actually had a robe that was slightly like we had a robe for outside lighting and a robe for inside lighting
1: (laughs) oh wow (laughs) that's so interesting
0: more sparkle versus less sparkle (laughs) right Um, we actually also had a mask so the masks come from um the guy in New New Jersey who owns the rights to the original masks. Yeah. Like they oh, come interesting. So we don't get to make them unlike also a difference from Halloween. But right. these masks... They're like,
1: here's your mask. You will use like, these. They're like, here's
0: the mask. And we're like, great, <laughs> we need 20 of them. And they're like, okay, here's 20 of them. And then they're all slightly different. So then we had to lay them all out and make them all identical, you know, with the shading. Like they just had like little packaging made in China marks or whatever. Um, and then And we also played with the openness of the mouth. So we had a matte one and we had a shiny one again to play with the lighting of where we were using it to pick up light or not pick up light.
1: Right. I love it so much because, you know, like remembering... The original one, it felt very, to me, like you knew it was a high school student because it was kind of like thrown together. You could tell that they maybe went to Spirit Halloween store if it was around and like just kind of put this piece together. But in 2022, like we've had years of, you know, these Scream movies, the Stab movies, and these teenagers know exactly what they're doing, of course, like this generation. So the costume feels very sophisticated and like they've really... You know, Ghostface is really at the top of their game, I would say. So they have that expensive good fabric, you know.
0: Yeah, it just had a really great feel to it. We like shredded the bottoms, you know. Yeah, it, it had great movement. Then the hood, like when you're making the hood of it, I had like we basically had to build it out with some foam because. It, it couldn't collapse on one side or not collapse on the others. Yeah. Um, different types of boning and little bits of like foam trim in certain places to make it keep its shape.
1: Right. <laughs> That's so cool. It was so scary. What also was scary was the jump scare I got when Billy Loomis <laughs> appeared on my screen. Was yeah. not expecting that. Um, I... I, people are gonna be like why are you talking about billy loomis because his costume is so interesting to me that you had to almost not a hundred percent but kind of match the blood patterns on his yeah. shirt it's not completely the same but like who would expect it to be but i see what you're doing there and i thought that was so badass
0: yeah it was kind of one of those this was a very last minute thing actually we had a fitting with billy where we gave him a new costume. Um, but then he had died. So it was again, like one of these questions and the filmmakers, we kind of went back and forth of like how they were going to put this into the film because it's really just a vision. It's her seeing him. So is she remembering him as something else, like a photo she saw or a video she saw of him, or is she remembering this? And then we were going to do a clean white shirt. And I think that it was like the morning of that. They were like, you know what, let's try and make him like it's dead. Like he's back from the dead.
1: That's so cool.
0: And so we kind of scrambled to add the blood to be ish the same.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like I saw what I saw what you were doing and I was like that's so cool. I like yeah. I could not wait to talk to you about it. It was just it was perfect. It, yeah. it was short, sweet and it just gave me everything I needed. So Yeah,
0: cuz it's like all dried up and he's just there talking to her back from the dead. It's like such a right. like Yeah.
1: Not yeah. not the worst kind of ghost to have around, obviously. Man, um, but we
0: found that shirt. It was a t-shirt and we needed multiples of them all of a sudden. And they were from, we were shooting this in the pandemic. Right. And the I wanted to find a shirt with ribbing. It's always the things that you think are so easy to find that are so <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: To find. We had to send, have them like, sent from Chicago, from all different, like, oh my gosh, three different stores, one in Chicago and one in LA. I just needed three of them the same. Right.
1: Like, here's the 30 ghost face mask you need, but we cannot find this one white (laughs) rib (laughs) t-shirt. That's so funny. Yeah. Okay, Emily, I'm so excited to talk to you about this next look. Um, For as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with that original Gail Weathers highlighter suit she wears. Yeah. So then we have this red look, and it just felt like such the perfect homage. But then also, like, it says so much about Gail's journey. You know, she's gone through this now multiple times, and Gail, Courtney Cox, has come out as a complete badass by this new film. So Red to Me just said a lot about... You know, she was there to do her reporting, but she knew right afterwards she's probably going to go murder Ghostface after this. (laughs) Totally.
0: This was a decision that, like, as soon as I read the script and started watching, I had this vision of her in a red pantsuit for this scene. It was like one of those things, like sometimes you're like, this is the right thing. And sometimes you're like, oh, back and forth. So much so that I was sure about the red pantsuit. I mean, I did like research and presentations and pulled pictures of her other things. And there was lots of discussion, but like in my gut, I knew she needed to be in a red pantsuit for some reason. It just felt like the right color, the right choice. And You know, we were, again, shooting this in the pandemic and she was in L.A. and I wasn't allowed to fly to L.A.
4: um, because
0: we couldn't get on planes. And so I had to shop her and prep the looks in North Carolina and then send stuff to her house and send somebody from L.A. who was local so that nobody was going on an airplane because. Covid protocols, right? Um, so much so that I was like, "It's going to be a red." I sent like three versions of red suits, and I was like, "Talk to Courtney on the phone." I was like, "Are you into this? Like, are we sure everybody's into this?" Because, this <laughs> um, and yeah, it just like it really embodied this like. It embodied Gail Weathers. It embodied a person who has gone through so much and been this like gaudy 80s, bright colored kind of tacky newscaster to a woman who has moved to New York and become kind of sophisticated. But it seemed like the right collaboration of time periods to be a good choice.
1: Right. Right. Oh, that's so good. Elizabeth, this yeah. is my one costume to rule them all from <laughs> this film. It is just pretty so pretty much do that. <laughs> 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 I was so excited. Um, it's just so good. Um, it's she looks amazing. I just love Hugh Courtney Cox if you're listening. Um, anyways.
0: <laughs> She's amazing. Yeah.
1: Now we have to talk about our leading lady, Nev Campbell, who plays Sydney Prescott. Uh this was so exciting. She looks amazing as always. To me, this look, she's wearing like a leathery jacket. And I imagine this, you know, Sydney, unfortunately, has gone through this as well many, many times. When she showed up in this jacket, I was like, oh, she's wearing armor. She's definitely in the mood to battle Ghostface. She has to fly home and see her kids soon. She's not in the mood to play around. She wants this done in the next couple of hours.
0: Totally. <laughs> totally. I mean, that was like, that was it. It's like she really has one look one look in the movie that has to like say so many things. Um, and yeah, it was like, she needed a, to wear a jacket because this, this jacket, this is, it was an Eero jacket. The color was like a deep burgundy. It just felt like, again, it was an accumulation of this young woman. And like we, we, we went through or I went through and screen grabbed all of her looks from each scream and kind of lined them up as an evolution. Wow. And then, think that now she's become a mom and she you know we see her running very briefly and she's just in a jogging outfit but then she's leaving her children and she's coming back as you said to to fight ghostface like she means business she's wearing
4: <laughs>
0: she's wearing boots she's tough yet she's cool and this is a color that we've actually seen her in in past um movies the necklace uh there was a necklace that she wore in maybe the third movie that was also like a gold round circular necklace this is an updated version of it, but like similar style that she would hold on to. And yeah, she's just tough and she means business ready to fight.
1: Right. Such a badass energy. Um, I mean, she might as well showed up with like a sword and the Lord of the Rings armor. She was <laughs> trying to get home in time for a Saturday Night Live or something. You know, she was ready.
0: <laughs> ready. She was ready.
1: Uh, well, Emily, this has been uh, so fun. I love Scream. I love what you did. The costumes were just so amazing. Um is a perfectly paid homage but then you gave it such your own twist that it felt so current and modern and relatable and it was just like peak storytelling through costume design
0: thank you thank
1: you (laughs) well uh emily if you don't mind we would also love to talk to you about some of your other films that are coming out it's a spooky season you're also the costume designer for halloween and halloween kills yes (laughs)
0: Yes. <laughs> yes i am
1: <laughs> so if you I don't mind
0: and then coming right now as halloween ends
1: right i think by the time this is coming halloween. out it might even be out i'm not sure I, so, <laughs> <laughs> <Cool>. so. <laughs> Well, so let's take a quick break and when we come back we're going to talk to emily about halloween and halloween kills
4: Hi, this is dan audio engineer of the Blogcast. here to let you know that if you wanted to support the show you can head over to theartofcostume.com slash pod store there you can buy some awesome t public merch with the Blogcast logo we have shirts sweaters coffee mugs stickers and of course a baby onesie thank you for all of your support
2: A good interview. I love the behind the wardrobe facts in that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and Emily is so cool. I'm obsessed with her. I want to hang out with her every single day. And like I just feel like she has the coolest job in the world working on films like Scream Uh, and Halloween.
2: Yeah. Like all back to back. (laughs) Incredible. Incredible. Just the content and the legacy she's working with. And then just the people she's gotten to work with. It's incredible.
1: Exactly. And we're so excited to say that the fun is not done yet. Uh, Mm -hmm. We'll be playing part two of our interview with Emily. We also discussed Halloween, Halloween kills, and just briefly Halloween ends. All the Halloween goodness is coming up. um, And it was a super fun interview. Uh, I'm so excited for you all to hear it come back this Thursday where we will play part two.
2: Yes, and... If you would like some extra content from us in between episodes, you can follow us on Instagram at the Art of Costume Pod, on TikTok at the Art of Costume. If you want a little extra bonus episode every month, you can become our costume maven and patron on Patreon.com the Art of Costume. If you need, it's spooky season, it's getting chilly. You need a sweatshirt, especially if you like, just kind of need to hide from a serial killer. <laughs> what better than an Arta Costume sweatshirt from the ArtaCostume.com slash pod store. And if you liked this interview or any of our other episodes, uh, we would really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star text review on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. Everybody, we will see you Thursday.
1: Also, if you want to leave a voicemail, just like our new best friend, Aggie Gerard Rogers, feel free to leave us a voicemail at 626-515-1826. We'd love to hear you and play your little clips on our episodes. Elizabeth, after our bonus episode on Thursday with Emily, let's talk about next week. For next week's episode, we are rounding out our spooky season with a spooky classic. I saw this movie way back in the day, and it scared the shit out of me, and I haven't seen it since, but I love it. The costumes are brilliant. It's a fantasy genius masterpiece. We're watching Guillermo del Toro's Pan's Labyrinth. I am so excited.
2: Yes, everybody, get ready. Get ready. I'm so excited. (laughs) So join us next Tuesday.
4: The Art of Costume blogcast is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams. Our audio engineering and editing is done by Dan White. Follow us on Instagram at The Art of Costume Pod or visit TheArtOfCostumeBlogcast.com for all blogcast updates. If you want to support the show, go to TheArtOfCostume.com slash pod store or you can head over to patreon.com slash the costume for some bonus content for more costume reviews deep dives and interviews head over to theartofcostume.com a blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design
2: Hello and welcome to the Art of Costume podcast. I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass.
1: And I, oh my gosh, wait. <laughs> I was trying to think of a cool <laughs> intro, but I don't. I am.
4: Okay, do it again. Sorry. <laughs>